touchdown. Of course, the crowd wants Reed to go for it. Wouldn't be surprised if he did on fourth down and one. So, anyways, with that time, George. Welcome to fourth and one. I'm Todd Palmer, joined by Nick Jacobs, and uh, it's Raiders week. Nick Jacobs, are you excited? No, not really. Um, yeah, I just I'll be honest, man. Watching the Raiders coaches film, um, they're a boring team to watch. I was bored on my mind watching all four of their games. And I, it's so sad to watch a football team like that, um, have the talent it does at the skill position and be held back so badly by their quarterback and offensive line. So the Josh McDaniel era is off to a wonderful start, just like his tenure in Denver, huh? It's not, he's trying to, He's still trying to order the pieces that he inherited by joining the staff. So I'll be curious to see where they are in a year or two. Cause man, he's got, he's got a town. I mean, with Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro and Matt Collins and Matt Collins is really starting to come on strong. He's I'm really impressed with him. And then, um, Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller. Waller's who I was thinking of. Um, I mean, look, Jacobs is already a strong last name. I mean, anybody who has that last name, is already has some toughness about them. That's just kidding. right. Should he play? Could he play offensive line though? No, I mean, he I mean that's the Jacobs family tradition, right? I don't know. It just depends. Cause I mean, there's a, there was a Jacobs in the league at tight end. There was a Jacobs at corner in the NFL. I mean, there's right. been a handful of Jacobses in, in the NFL. They've all played different positions. There's a wide variety when it comes to Jacobs. I've always like seen you as 57. A, I've always seen you as an NFL safety. No, that would never happen, man. With my height, with my height, if I uh, was at a reasonable size, um, maybe could have played rotational defensive end if I had the athletic ability or the strength, and I had neither, so that was never going to happen. But I don't know. I just I think you've got a lot of range. I've heard you sing, um, so when I think of your range, I you know I think you'd make a good safety. That has absolutely nothing to do with football. I thought you like safeties with range. Yes, it's a different type of range there, Todd. I don't know. I still see, you'll always be a safety in my heart, Nick Jacobs. Well, that makes one of our hearts because it's sure <laughs> not mine. Um, uh, you look Monday Night Football. I mean, you know, at Arrowhead, um, sounds like you're uh, you think the Chiefs should should dominate this one, um, and that's one of the things we talk. About. I mean, but if if this look, I mean, it's a rivalry game, right? So sometimes these games are, are closer than you expect. But right. if this one's tight, if this one's still a close ball game, and you know, say the last five to seven minutes, are you going to be disappointed in that outcome? Yes, that will. Uh, yeah, because I, I I'm curious to see on the injury report what uh what Hunter Renfro's got going on and what Denzel Perryman's got going on because those are guys that are two very instrumental individuals and both sides of the ball for the Raiders. So if those, if those two guys, depending on what their injuries are, as I know, uh, Perriman's just, he's a physical thumper in that scheme that they've got that they're trying to copy from part of the new England day, trying to be multiple, but also have a little three, four to them. And it's just, it's, um, they're fine. I, that football team is finding their way. And I think that football team defensively is still got, a significant amount of, amount of roster to build offensively. They've already got the skill set positions that they need. And if you took the Raiders skill set and put it on the chiefs roster with Mahomes, man, they, they would be, they'd be dominating some people, but 
with Derek Carr, man, that, that guy can, he just, he's not the quarterback that's going to lead that football team. That's, that's the reality of that one. Well, and their, their offensive line is a who's who of who. Cause like, like I look at it, like we all know Colton Miller, but he hasn't been great for several years there at left tackle. Well, we, we I, know, we know him for not being great and just being a high pick. That's all we know him for. Right. And then like, I remember John Simpson at Clemson, but like a lot of the other players, I'm like, I, I'm not even sure I've heard of this guy. <laughs> like, so, you know, not, not to say that, you know, I mean, offensive <laughs> linemen can be somewhat anonymous, but when you follow the draft relatively closely, most of those names are, uh, are familiar to you, but that's not the case. Um, and that may be why they have, you know, a new coach, new GM, new president, yeah, new everybody, because they didn't do a good job developing things like the offensive line and the interior defensive line. I can't dispute your words right there, Todd. I cannot dispute them. I cannot argue them. All right. So you've had a chance to watch the coach's film uh, at least once. Um, Sadly, maybe eight yes. times. <laughs> Sadly, yes. I wish I, w- I, I wish I had done no, no, the Chiefs more. coaches film from the Chiefs Bucks game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, though that I enjoyed. Yeah, no, the, yeah. the Raiders, dude. That's that's one of the first times I've watched coaches film where I just I was I was like, is this over yet? <laughs> like, I want to want to do something more productive with my time. God, they are brutal to watch. I'd hate to coach a team like that. Um, but the, the Chiefs film, look, I mean, uh, like you said, that it was a fun game Sunday, you know, I mean, they, they went down to Tampa, they took care of business would have been more fun if they'd done that in super bowl 55 and lost this one. But, uh, you know, we'll take what we can get. Um, a lot of us talked about the run game. A lot of us talked about coming out of that game, how dominant they were on the ground. It's the, the most, um, yards Tampa Bay had given up in 60 games. Um, um, when you go back and watch the film, was the run game as dominant as you thought? I mean, you know, it really seemed like, especially in the interior, Joe Tooney, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith stepped up in a way that they maybe hadn't the, the, the previous couple of weeks. So what, what did you see uh, when it comes to that run game? Yeah. So they, they finally did what I had been asking for. They, they finally, let, they simplified the blocking scheme for them and let them do more power run game style, more gap style of, of blocking, which is what offensive linemen or very, a lot of offensive linemen are confident in that. And a lot of guys who have strength, like that's what they prefer to do. So the Chiefs went out there and did what what is the strength of Joe Joe Tooney, what's the strength of Creed, what's the strength of Trey, what's the strength of Andrew Wiley. They went out and they did that. For Orlando Brown, he has the capability. Um, he just has a habit of not driving his feet and keeping his feet moving once he makes initial contact. That's become a really bad habit for him in Kansas City. And on top of it, what I saw with Orlando, uh, that knee injury that he was listed with, it's still pretty ginger. I I feel like it's pretty ginger. I don't see him putting full weight on it, and I think he's more cautious with that to not not aggravate that in a way that he doesn't want, you know, he didn't want to. I just don't see him putting full weight on that like a healthy offensive lineman would. So I know Orlando got knocked this week in grades, and people brought that up. But as somebody that, as as you know, as you know more than anybody, and people listen to this podcast, I'm not the biggest Orlando Brown fan. In fact, I'm just not much of a fan at all. But I will recognize when he does a good job, and I will always recognize when it's not, you know, when it's not necessarily him from a effort level perspective. And right now, that dude's given when he's got available to him physically, 
and what he's got available. He just, it's, I can just tell that he's, he's playing through something. Yeah. He got very lungy, which is unusual even for him. I mean, he doesn't always have great footwork. Um, you, you talked about the run blocking. He doesn't always have great footwork in his pass sets. Um, you know, get in depth with this kick, things like that either. But you saw him a couple of times, like, um, you know, lean forward and get beat by that. And that's about the last thing you want to do as an offensive lineman, yeah. um, you know, is, is start leaning forward and, and getting away from your base. And, um, yeah, they're just going to have to continue to, uh, like he's their left tackle, um, for this season. Um, and they're just going to have to keep, uh, playing around that. I think whether well, he's hurt or not. Well, and, and don't get me wrong. If, if, and you hope this doesn't happen, but you, if he got hurt and he couldn't play for an extended period of time, his presence not being out there would be noticed and it, it, there would be a drop off. So, like, I'm yeah. not, I'm no, not no, he, knocking. I, yeah. I'm not, no, I'm just, no, I, I'm just I, letting I, people know I'm not knocking where his ability's at. I just know where his ability needs to be to get the money he wants to make. Right. And that's, I, I think that's an important distinction to make because if people have listened to this podcast, they may think that we think that. Uh, Orlando Brown Jr. is is a, a bad football player. It's not that. I, I think he's a average, maybe slightly above average left tackle, which puts him uh, in the top 15 left tackles in the NFL. I, I still think he's a, a, a good player, but I don't know that he's Trent Williams good or David Bakhtieri good, and that's the kind of money he's asking for. So when you're when you're taught when, when when you and I talk about that it, it's in terms of should the chiefs invest that kind of money in him? And the answer is pretty clearly no, um, at least in, in your evaluation and mine. If the chiefs were talking about, a, 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 you know, some, somewhere closer to, say, five years, 90 million or something like that. Well, well, now I'm willing to have a conversation because I think that's more what he is as an NFL player. Right. Like, I think that's. Uh, you know, slightly above average NFL money. Um, but he, you know, he, he has not shown enough in my opinion to justify a, a, a top tier contract. He just hasn't. And and that continues to be the case. Yeah. So, uh, but what I will get back to the line is they did what the offensive line is good at and they leaned on it and let those guys double team Vita Vey out of the way from time to time when they had the opportunity, they, <laughs> they also made sure that they ran when Vita Vey wasn't on the field and they had favorable numbers, but they ran more of the style that the running backs are comfortable with and the O-line is comfortable with, and they found a piece of the puzzle of what makes this this 2022 offense go. It isn't everything that it needs to be to get to a Super Bowl right now, but they found a piece of the puzzle of this is what the identity has to be from a run game perspective to beat those cover two, you know, cover twos that they're seeing. They have a physicality on this line that they can lean on and take advantage of just like they did in 2015. This is much more, this is more of a 2015 style of team, in my opinion, than it is the Chiefs of 18, 19, 20. It's just a different style that's going to work for them this year. And I think if they use a lot more, a blend a lot more of this power run game with what Mahomes can do and what the receivers can do, I believe it helps everybody reach what their ceiling can be in this offense this year. Does that include Clyde Edwards Hilaire? Because he had one of his best games. I thought um, certainly best game this year. Um, 
you know, down in Tampa Bay. We also saw Isaiah Pacheco um, have, have a good role. I mean, do you like that? I mean, if, if you're getting, you know, 30 to 35 carries a game and, you know, do you like the mix with Edward Solaire getting two for every one for Pacheco? Do you think that's going to balance out? Do you think Pacheco eventually, uh, you know, gets the lion's share of those carries? I, I think it helps in terms of keeping those guys fresh to have a couple different backs you can work in there. Well, I mean, that's why the Chiefs got four on the roster right now. There's going to be there's going to be a point whenever Ronald Jones doesn't have an illness and they need that power run game that they're going to throw him in the mix as well, and then that'll be where you'll. Or kinda... Edward Slayer will get hurt. Well, I wasn't trying to put that out in the universe, but you know you did. Um, but yeah, says. I just they're. I think the Chiefs know how much they're going to have to run, and I think they understand why they have as many quality tight ends as they do. And they're going to have to take advantage of that and you utilize that to really kind of run the football down people's throats and utilize play action and also kind of let the running backs get in a rhythm to kind of help the receivers not have all the pressure on themselves to make things happen. Do you know what you love most about the run game? Tell me, Todd. Patrick Mahomes doesn't usually get hit on those plays. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's my favorite part unless he's running that option like he did the other day. <laughs> uh, so it sounds like you think this is sustainable then i mean um you know going up against the raiders look i i love max crosby i think he's a uh hard-working guy uh you know blue collar guy uh but and they still got chandler jones right uh cleveland farrell was a top five pick um but <laughs> here's, here's what, yeah, does anything ahead. about that d-line scare you or do you think they can replicate the success they had with the power run game I mean, Mac, look, I'm not going to pretend Max Crosby's not a great defensive end. Like, I, yeah. I love watching that dude play. That dude reminds me so much of, like, a Jared Allen-style player, just that intensity that he has, that kind of nonstop hustle that he has. He's just a very relentless football player with a very high work ethic. And to see what he did from the time he came out of, I want to say, Eastern Michigan at the time. Um, yeah, he was team. He was teammates with uh, Andrew Wiley, so. Like just just who he is as a player, I I mean I had him on my list of players I was hoping the Chiefs could draft, and the Raiders were the ones that I'm getting him. But I mean like yeah he's he's a high energy guy, and like he's he's one of the stars of their defense, obviously, as is I think Denzel Perryman in terms of what they've got right now. The Raiders, in my opinion, are, are paying for who Chandler Jones was, not who he oh, is. Yeah, absolutely, like he's he's a shell of his former self from a couple of years ago. People hear his name and think he's still what he was with the Patriots and early on with the Cardinals, but he, he's not that guy anymore. I mean, he's that, that, that tanks running on empty. Yeah. Um, so what, again, going back to the, the film and now that you've had yeah. a chance to, to digest a little bit, what excites you about what you saw from the passing game and, and what Patrick Mahomes, did? I know you were really high on Marquez Valdez Scantling. And I think a lot of people, the, the, the go route to the outside for like the 36 yard play was a big one, but, I thought just as big was the adjustment he made on the 25 yarder down the middle, um, you know, because that kind of showed like, oh, he, he and he and Patrick are seeing the same thing a little bit more now, um, you know, and that that seems to uh, portend good things in the future, sir. Yeah, I mean, with with Valdez Gantling, um, the the first thing I'll say is like, that, that one pass that you're talking about that he caught that you turned around and adjusted to while backpedaling and making the catch, 
like that showcased some a lot of his athletic ability and his in his you know his arm length and that type of part of it. So uh, for him and Mahomes to get to that point, like those those are the plays that need to happen downfield to get that confidence up to build that deep passing game that they're working on. Because right now, uh, Valdez Scantling's just done a lot more of the possession receiver stuff like Juju Smith-Schuster, and they're, they're going to need him to be more versatile here in the weeks ahead. So that's part of what they need from him there. The wheel route you were talking about where they did the pump out in the flats with, I believe, Juju, and they had three different levels to the route, and, and Valdez Scantling was kind of the wheel portion of it. Yeah. I mean, like that. those are the little things right now that are – help building that confidence and that timing between him and Patrick. That was really a struggle during training camp. And that's why I kept asking at training camp about it to various people is because I knew with Valdez Scantling, they were going to need him to step up. They're going to need Watson to step up and they're going to need Sky Moore to step up because I mean, like, you know, McColl's had nearly four years now and it's still just not clicking for him in this scheme. And like the, there's only so much longer. I think the chiefs can wait before they're going to have to start giving Sky Moore, McCall Hardman's, you know, reps and routes and same thing for Valdez Scantling and maybe even Watson. Well, you saw Sky Moore play a bigger role, um, you know, and you've, you've talked in, in past podcasts about how you didn't expect him to be much, you know, a, a bigger factor until the second half of the season that he'd have to work in. He'd have to earn Andy and Patrick's trust. Is that a sign that he's, done that that he's picking up the offense and and that Mahomes likes him as as a receiving option out there they're dipping their toe in right now (laughs) and they're they're creating opportunities for him to get separation quickly with with what they did with the RPO pass that they ran with him on the slant that he caught and made an outstanding grab especially the corner playing off like that I mean that was a mismatch that was there for the taking and Mahomes took it and Sky made the most of it and then the other one that was kind of the option, kind of lasso route there um, where they let Kelsey clear for him because the Chiefs ran a lot of stacks and a lot of bunch formations against the Bucks to create space in their zone coverage that the Bucks were running. So they were able to get Sky kind of open in space there on kind of a delay to where it looked like the linebacker was picking him up in zone coverage. But when Kelsey cleared the two guys defending him uh, bracket-wise, then Sky was able to – you know, get out there and kind of the no man's land out there and like a little, you know, in the, in the flats area there and kind of make that catch and then turn up field. So they're doing little pieces. I think they're going to keep adding little pieces, but I, I think what sky Moore can be in this offense. I, I mean, I'm still mentally just preparing for week nine and anything that can happen before that is just a bonus. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, Sky Moore had fewer reps, but had more production, right? Two catches for 31 yards. McCall Hardman had one catch for four yards. Um, so, um, uh, look, I, I, I don't know about you. I don't, I don't care if the, if the, the targets and the receptions go to Sky Moore, Justin Watson, uh, or McCall Hardman Jr. Um, I just want somebody out there that, that Pat has comfort, comfort with and, you know, I mean, if, if you're a Chiefs fan, you just it's the production, right? I mean, at the end of the day, it's about production. Yeah, I mean, the the performance they put out against Tampa and against the defense of that quality, that brought a lot of the Chiefs fans' confidence back to what they were feeling against Arizona. It's just a matter for the Chiefs here. They need to be able to stack this game, come out with that same level of execution, that same level of dominance, a similar game plan. And if they can execute all that and have all that together – and not have like uh, not have the trap 
the trap that they kind of fell into with the, with the Colts, unfortunately, like if they can maintain what they're doing right now, I think that's the biggest question everybody probably has coming into this week before the Chiefs take on the Bills and the 49ers down the road here. Uh, speaking of defenses, you know, you mentioned Tampa's there, but for the Chiefs defense, what's your biggest concern with what the Raiders offense presents? Let, let's just assume yeah. Renfro's healthy, um, you know, and you know, just assume best case scenario for the Raiders. What, uh, you know, what's your biggest concern with, with what they can throw at you? The Chiefs pass rush needs to be able to hit Derek Carr. They don't have to necessarily sack him, but they need to relentlessly hit him a couple of times because he gets rattled after a couple of hits still, just like he did, like, you know, back in mid you know, 2002, 15, 16, 17 range around there. He gets, he still gets rattled to this day. Like, I mean, it, it just, it throws him off his game and like he, he's just not the same quarterback. So the Chiefs, they, they got to do that. But I mean, the Raiders have a lot of weapons. I think Waller's, you know, I mean, Waller is a mismatch against this Chiefs defense. And I'll be curious to see if Justin Reed or Brian Cook or LeJarrius Sneed get the chance at him. I mean, Devontae Adams can have a day if if Carr gets time back there. You know, Mac Hollins, I think, is going to have a couple good fade routes, especially in the red zone. I think he's going to be a mismatch that they're going to have to decide if they want to put Jalen Watson on him or if they want to try to use Joshua Williams in some way, somebody with some long arms that can kind of reach. And, you know, uh, uh, Renfro, is, he's hes so tough, man. He's just such a quick sl- slot receiver that he just it, it, he's a very tough guy to defend. I mean, the, the Raiders run game, that offensive line, like I said, it's not the, it's not the best, so their run game just really isn't. Uh, if the Chiefs respect it and do what they need to, it won't be a problem. But like I'm just saying, like hitting car is like the key to just just derailing that offense. Yeah, I, I mean because the Raiders' offensive line isn't very great. I think Josh Jacobs is going to get to know Nick Bolton pretty well this week, um, and that's probably not a great thing for Josh Jacobs. Um, look, so the Chiefs only had one sack against Tampa Bay, but they had five quarterback pressures. Obviously, Snead had the sack, and then you know Brian Cook got a hit. Tershawn Wharton got a couple of hits. Chris Jones got a hit, um, you know, on, on Brady. Uh, is it alarming to you that all of the hits came from players in the secondary or the defensive tackles and that they weren't able to get to them with any of their ends? Well, part of what the Chiefs are doing scheme wise is they were playing zone and they were okay with Tom taking the underneath stuff. Cause they were just going to manage, they were going to manage the drives is what Steve Spagnuolo was after. And then he was going to take his chances on a handful of plays, disguise what they're doing with the blitzes with athletic guys like the, you know, like Legereus Sneed and a, a time where they did, I believe with cook, it was either they, they sent Reed a couple of times. They sent cook once and he went with Darius Harris. And then they dropped Carl Loftus in his own coverage a couple of times. Another defensive lineman. That's kind of been their calling card this year is they're dropping a defensive lineman in zone to where the hot route would be based off their looks and the quarterback's holding on the ball, and they're getting hit from it. So, like, that's what they've kind of done, and it'll be a perfect thing to do to Derek Carr. Um, but, yeah, that's that's kind of right now. <clears throat> Look, I mean, the, the Chiefs front four, I, I I mean, Chris Jones is getting doubled a lot of plays, and the, he needs he – needs And he's the still one. a monster, by the way. I know, but, like, I mean, like, he needs one – if he was getting one-on-ones, he would be tearing quarterbacks apart in that scheme right now. 
And like Dave, whether it's Danny Shelton, whether it's Colin Saunders, they need somebody at that one tech spot or to play that one tech spot that can really cause problems so that Chris isn't taking double teams anymore. Like that's that's kind of one of the big focal points that defense needs, whether it's against the Raiders are going forward to kind of really help them get get so much out of their pass rush because Carl Loftus has the effort and the hustle and he can he can do it and Dunlap can do it. But Chris just needs Chris needs somebody to let him get those one on one so he can feast. Yeah. And is there anybody you've seen something from that? that you know, gives you hope that it's there. I mean, um, it's what are you seeing from Colin Saunders? I mean, he's made some athletic plays. Um, he's he's had some production in recent weeks. Is is he coming on? Is, or he can he and Tershawn man that spot? I don't know. I mean, because like any time I start to get you know high on Colin Saunders, he ends up getting an injury and he's out half the season, or he misses four to six games. See so. now, why are you bringing that into the universe? I'm just telling you, like, I mean, I'm not going to get on the hype train. I hope he does well. hope he keeps giving the effort that he's given, but I just know what, you know, part of the problem about why he hasn't been able to piece it together and kind of have that year that everybody's kind of expecting. And we'll see if the contract year potentially can help him get to that point. But I don't know. I mean, you know, if Mike, if Mike Danik can come back, you know, he, he was able to kind of help when him and Chris are both in three tech spots at tackle. He was playing so that, well. You know, that was that's another opportunity, another option there. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I selfishly really want to see Danny Shelton out there, man. I really want to see him out there. And they keep they just keep him locked away on practice squad. One day, maybe your dream will come true. One day. Uh, maybe he'll be a practice squad elevation this week. I'm losing. I'm losing hope and faith in that, man. Well, we'll see. Um, I still think they need, uh, maybe not for this game, but Harrison Bucker to come back at some point. <laughs> that would be nice too, yes. <laughs> um, all right. Um, well, we hope you guys enjoy uh, Raiders week. Um, we hope you guys find something to do with your time Sunday, whether it's watch your fantasy football team or pay attention to your bets, if that's your thing. Um, and we'll and, be back to talk to you Monday night. And before I forget, always be respectful to your bus drivers. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you never know what's going to happen. Um, anyway, with that, Nick, do you want to take a victory lap? No, I can't say it. All right. Take care, kids.